Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. again. This is Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaVerge on the Faith Radio Network. If you missed the first hour, let me just say, yeah, this would be one you need to go back and listen to later on the podcast. Pastor Daryl Crouch was here. Jim Dennison was here. I think we had really rich conversations. Um, our, our sort of theme for the hour was, what does it mean to live as Easter people, you know, with Easter as a worldview, with Easter as the frame of reference through which um, we we operate. So there you go. All right. A few headlines leading off here this morning. Lots of headlines uh, related to Ukraine. Let me hit them quickly uh, for you. So you'll be prepared to enter into uh, the the conversations of the day. Uh, The world is apparently beginning to realize that Ukraine could actually win. Like the language of winning uh, is language we are beginning to hear. Um, uh, we have to have the mindset that they want to win. This is, uh, this is Lloyd Austin. He is the um, Secretary of Defense here in the United States of America. Have to have the mindset that they want to win. And we have the mindset that we want to help them win. And we are going to do that. Winning language is different language than we have been hearing prior to this. And so um, that's a change of posture for the United States of America um, and in terms of the language being used. Now, Russia's uh, war on Ukraine has now uh, begun to involve um, a neighboring country, Moldova. It's a very, very small country. It's a very poor country. Um, and now it's got Romania uh, a little bit, you know, skittish as well, watching with angst. So the Wall Street Journal uh, reports it this way. Moldova said it was placing its security forces on alert Tuesday following a series of explosions in Transnistria. Transnistria. You're going to be you need to learn that word because you're going to hear it a lot. Transnistria. It is a breakaway pro-Russian enclave um, where concern has been uh, stirred. Um, There are apparently 1500 troops stationed in Transnistria. Um, and it's possible that um, not only will those troops be used in Russia's effort in Ukraine, but that um, they may, you know, turn and uh, and target uh, Moldova as well. So there you go. Um, it's it's possible that this is broadening. Now, Russia says that the broadening um, is actually happening because the United States and its allies um you know, are at fault here and turning the whole thing into a proxy war by sending weapons to Ukraine. So there, uh, how, how Russia's actions are being framed in the Western media is very, very different than how um, things are being framed in terms of the Russian media. Okay, we need to be mindful of that. Not everybody listens to nor reads the same media. We know that 
But we don't even really have access to the the media that the Russian people are subjected to as propaganda each and every day. And even the way that I just said that suggests to you, um, you know, my worldview and who I think is telling the truth about what's happening on the ground. Um, And that is a judgment call. Right. So um, this is one of those storylines where, you know, you say to yourself, I can better understand how little the German people knew about what was going on inside of concentration camps when I consider that we now live in a day and a time when we expect everybody to know everything about what everyone is doing in every place under the sun um, and in the darkness of night, when in fact not everyone actually has access to all the same information that you and I have access to right now, right here where we are. So um, let's be mindful of that. Let's be, let's be praying. Let's be generous of spirit. And um, as we hear of wars and rumors of wars, let's remember that in life and death, we belong to God. In life and in death, we belong to God. We're going to talk about life and death up next. Uh, Rick Harkert is actually uh, a listener to the show. He's just like you. He listens every day to Mornings with Carmen. He sent me an email. um, And in that email, he shared, um, you know, not only his heart, for the gospel and President Putin and encouraged us to be praying for God to um, reveal himself to President Putin in ways that would bring a personal awakening and a change of heart and then ultimately a, you know, a change of behavior. Uh, But then he went on to say this, um, we live in Traverse City, Michigan, where I have been a funeral director and my wife works for the local intermediate school district. And I'd like to share with you sometime about my profession. It's been something this last couple of years. And so I thought, well, let's have Rick on. Let's talk to Rick. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Okay, you guys know you can text me at 877-933-2484. You can also email me, Carmen, at MyFaithRadio.com. That's what Rick Harkert did, and now he is um, on the show. Rick, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. Thanks for asking me to be here. He's risen. He is risen indeed. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, so let's start with this. You live in Traverse City, Michigan. So yes. tell us how, how you listen and why you listen. Well, um, we listen by podcast in the afternoon when Jody gets home from her work at school. Um, we make coffee and we sit down and we listen to your podcast. And um, what we found is it only, as you have mentioned, it keeps us involved in the headlines of the day from a biblical perspective but also the guest speakers that offer so much insight and books to read. And um, we just find that it's really nourishing to us. Well, I love, um, I love that you include me in your day. I love that we have coffee together in the afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. I would need a little vanilla creamer in mine. Just, um, you yeah, know, it's just in the fridge. So you know, <laughs> yeah. Jody and, I are, so much. Jody and I are coffee snobs. We have one of those machines that grinds and filters the water and steams the cream and all that stuff. So, oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Well, all right. Put me down. Mark me down. Okay. okay we'll so do. you shared in your email. You shared in your email that you are a funeral director. Um, yes. And that there have been, you know, that's really been something this last couple of years. That was your walk off. 
Um, yes. I would love for you to tell us about your professional life and how it's been impacted by the pandemic. Well, um, when the pandemic hit, um, we, of course, um, were limited to how we could handle memorial services or funeral services or celebrations of life. And um, our state um, began by only allowing 10 people to gather. Um, we were fortunate in that many years ago, um, the equipment was archaic, but we began web streaming because there were so many grandchildren and children that couldn't fly or get here to attend a service of a loved one. For instance, we had grandchildren um, watching services from Afghanistan when they were deployed. Um, so we were kind of ahead of the game when that started. Um, and then um, after a period of time, they increased the number that could attend to 25. Um, and then, um, of course, we were doing the web streaming. The difficulty with the web streaming and kind of what you talked about yesterday with Dr. Nix is that, um, you know, you couldn't be in the hospital to be with your loved one who was dying, but you could also not come to the memorial service or the, the celebration of life. And um, there's just a real disconnect um, because of no human interaction. Um, you know, there might be 30 people online, there might be 100 people online watching the service, but no one knows who or, you know, that sort of thing. So it was, it was very difficult. We finally got to the point where we put up a large tent in the side yard because you could have more people outside than in the building and um, held services out there. We had already been doing services. Um, the funeral homeowner's wife is a master gardener, so the gardens were just beautiful. We would have services out in the garden if the weather was good. Um, so we were able to meet the needs of those folks, but there's still been a real disconnect because many people either just went ahead and had a graveside service or had cremation take place and say, we're going to have a service at a later date and at a later date, it's never happened. So now they're realizing mm. that they're having trouble um, accepting that the death occurred, um, that sort of thing. Um, we are uh, we are talking with Rick Harkert. Um, he is a fellow listener to Mornings with Carmen. He's a part of this uh, Faith Radio family. He's a um, a funeral director in Traverse City, Michigan. We're talking about the realities of life and death. Next, uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask Rick to talk a little bit about his experience with Christians and death versus non-Christians and death. Like, how how do we as Christians in the world help other people um, process the reality of life and death? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. We are Easter people, and on this side of the resurrection, we see death very, very differently than people who do not acknowledge uh, Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and are not relying on Him um, to experience a resurrection uh, after death. And so uh, talking with Rick Harkert here today from Traverse City, Michigan, he is a part of our Faith Radio listening family. Thrilled to have him here today. He's a funeral home, uh, our funeral director, and um and so uh, a couple of listener questions, Rick, rolling in as well. So let's address this question about Christians and death and non-Christians and death. And then, um, and then let's take some questions from, uh, from other listeners, if, if that's okay with you. 
Sure, absolutely. Um, one thing that um, we've always done, or I've always done over these years is when I have an initial contact with a family, I've asked them, may I contact anyone for you or contact your pastor? And over the recent years, the answer more often is we don't do church. Um, mm. That's heartbreaking. And, um, you know, the, there's our funeral home served close to 800 families this last year. And, um, and many of them don't have any church affiliation. Uh, and it breaks my heart, but I don't know the heart of the person that passed away. Um, and they may have accepted Christ at some point, but I also have in my mind, maybe they haven't. And maybe just because of my perspective and the profession I'm in, I'm seeing um, souls slip into hell every day. Mm. Um, and we have, a, we have um, the responsibility to share God's love as commanded in scripture that um, everyone might be saved. There's, there's, a, there's a poem out or a song that says, if, if love could save you, you never would have died. Well, we know a love that will save you and you never die. And um, so through quiet um, um, witness, I've, I've been able over the years to share my faith. The thing is, is that even when people don't believe in God, when I have seen them, they're in the stage of death where they are so mad at God, they can hardly stand it, but they don't believe in him. Um, and um, so you, you just minister in a very quiet way to that, those families. Um, and I've had some of them say to me, and, and um, I say this very humbly, um, they'll say, you're a Christian, aren't you? Mm -hmm. And I say, yes. And then, you know, they know that they're, they're able to, to, uh, talk with me at some point, or I can follow up with them. And many of the families that I've served, not knowing them when they've walked in the door of the building, have become lifelong friends. Um, so that's great. As far as from yeah. a Christian perspective, it's, it's a celebration. Holy cow. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. We see so many things and um, that just celebrate the life and um, lift, lift God up in that service. Um, it's just amazing. And uh, we I wanna, try to, mm -hmm. go ahead. Well, I want to, um, you touched on pastors. And so I want, uh, I'd love to hear you reflect for a moment on the relationship between the funeral home and the local church. And then mm -hmm. we have a listener question from Jim in Connecticut, um, who, you know, he said that he's heard from his local funeral director, who's a friend, um, that they were averaging like 18 funerals a month that were um, fentanyl overdose related. And he's just wondering if you're seeing um, overdose deaths um, at an increase as well. Yes, we have actually. Um, I, I don't remember the number from last year, but um, it's absolutely true. Um, actually, uh, I, I had the funeral service for some very good friends of ours from church whose son um, mm. had overdosed and, um, it's just a, a scary thing, and, and there is an increase in that. Um, and so here in our, our community, they've organized. There's a mom whose um, daughter had died of an overdose, who has, has started a nonprofit to help those families and to get help for those people that um, really are experiencing that addiction. But there has been an increase, yes. Yeah. 
All right. The relationship between the funeral home and the local church. Um, people have services increasingly at the funeral home and not at the church. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I've just noticed that as a as a development, wondering if you're seeing that as well. And then um, let's just do this, because there's just a lot of people that have never sat in that room in the funeral home. You know, you go in, there's a room that kind of looks like a dining room. It's where you sit with your funeral director and you go over, you know, plans. And then there's that like secret door and you go through that door and that's where all the caskets are. And that room is kind of freaky if you've never been in it before. (laughs) But can you just can you just remove a little of that? Like meet me at the front door of the funeral home. I've never been there. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't my my loved one does not have a plan. Nothing's written down. What should I expect? Well, what we normally do is um, we would greet them at the door, of course, and take them into um, what we call our mahogany room. Our funeral home is actually in a Victorian home of the founder of Traverse City. So it's like 40 rooms of Victorian. It's really cool. But um, wow, and we, just, we just sit down and, and we don't start right in um, asking questions. But at some point during the time, we're going to ask all sorts of biographical information that's needed for a death certificate and for obituary information and that sort of thing. But how we begin is, first of all, our receptionist brings in freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. And we sit Mm. down and we just say, tell me about your mom. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? And we just we just share. And uh, lots of times I already know the people, but I still ask the question because there's a lot of things that I don't know. and um, just develop a friendship. And, and it really puts families at ease and it puts me at ease and my colleagues at ease um, to learn about that person. Um, and we have a lot of folks that will decide that um, perhaps they wanna have a time of visitation or they don't. Maybe they'll have it just prior to the service. Um, and I think the reason, um, your question earlier about why more funerals are at the funeral home or celebrations of life are because of no church affiliation. And we're seeing more and more services being held at uh, venues like a barn that's for a wedding, but they have a service there or they go to the ball game and have hot dogs and all that sort of stuff. And um, so there's a lot of different options now that are taking place um, to recognize that life. Mm. Mm. All right, um, Rick, we're about out of time, um, but mm-hmm. I, I love talking with you, and I want to thank you for being here. Let's, um, let's end with this. How, I think you have a very, very difficult profession, um, but I'm so glad you're doing it because I think that the opportunity for Christian witness um, in death is extraordinary. And so mm-hmm. thank you for what you do. And then how can we pray for you? I think just um, especially in these days with COVID and that sort of thing for strength, um, as we know, um, people aren't, um, they're very um, angry at everything. <laughs> um, so um, just to have that, that strength and the compassion to help them, even though they're in that position, um, that, would, that would be our, our, our prayer. Let's, um, let's pray. Father, we thank you for Rick. We thank you um, for calling him unto yourself and then deploying him in this particular ministry in the world at this such a critical point in people's experience in the valley of the shadow of death. So thank you that he walks with 
um, families and, and, and friends of loved ones. Give him strength and endurance. Give him joy. Provide opportunities for witness. Um, Father, grant that he would be a person of peace and compassion. Fill him with your Holy Spirit um, and, and extend through him the goodness of the gospel of Jesus to more and more people. Um, thank you for uh, the ministry that he's involved in in Traverse City, in this funeral home. Um, and just grant God every resource necessary for the accomplishing of your will in and through his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, thank Rick. You. We'll, yes, uh, we'll see you. We'll see you over coffee. We'll see you over that coffee tomorrow good. afternoon. <laughs> that sounds good. All right. Blessings. Take care. Blessings <laughs> to you. That's you too. That's Rick Harkert. He's a funeral director in Traverse City, Michigan, and he's a part of the Mornings with Carmen Faith Radio listening family. We'll be right back. It's like the This is a conversation about moms. So good morning, mom. I know you're tired. I know uh, you're feeling burnout in many, many ways. According to a survey of moms, it's called the State of Motherhood Survey, um, 41% of moms are feeling burnout frequently. 51% of working moms say they almost always feel burned out, sort of like at the end of their own resources, um, just exhausted. So uh, Kirsten Weatherall is right there with you. And she joins us next to talk about how the work of Christ sustains the work of motherhood. Just think about that for just a moment. How does the work of Christ sustain the work of motherhood? Humble Moms up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Mother knows best, but she's exhausted. Kirsten Weatherell is here. We're going to talk about the reality of humility and motherhood. The book is Humble Moms, How the Work of Christ Sustains the Work of Motherhood. Kirsten, good morning and welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so are we even allowed to talk about what we're talking about? Like, are we even allowed as Christian women who are moms to say, I, I, it's just too much. I, it's just too much. We have to talk about it. We have to know that we're in this together. You know, I'm part of a small group of moms of young kids, and they have been such a gift to me. Um, we just need to know that we're in solidarity with one another. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. So I went to a fundraiser last night for a new um, a new Christian school in our community, and I was thrilled to be there. And I'm looking around, um, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, the moms who are here are trying to figure out, like, like, why am I even here? Like, why, I mean, why didn't I just send my husband? Or why couldn't all these older people just do this without me? Like, why do I have to? I, I'm Because I'm thinking they are missing dinner with their kids, putting their kids to bed, like, right, all like I'm checking off that. And they're thinking about the babysitter and they're and they're wondering. And then, you know, what what wheels are going to come off while I'm away? There's just a lot to motherhood these days. And I think that the expectations among Christians are kind of outrageous. We we expect moms to, um, in addition to every, you know, in everything else, we, we expect them to homeschool. And, you know, and four or five babies is not unusual among Christian families. Um, and I just, like, I'm overwhelmed thinking about it. And, um, you know, and mine are grown. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the, uh, the digital age that we live in too has changed the way that we think that we should be mothering Mm -hmm. and parenting because we're suddenly looking, you know, frantically next to us at the person next to us, the Instagrammed families Yes, Yes. and thinking, Oh, I'm just not living up to no one's children are wearing matching clothes and they're not all white. No one's doing that. In reality, this morning that had spit up on it already. It was supposed to be Mm -hmm. clean. So, Mm -hmm. okay, let's talk about humble moms because what you're offering is not another parenting book. It's not something you know. It's not a to do list. What is humble moms? Yeah, humble moms is a journey through the Gospel of John, looking at the humble heart of Jesus and how he lives to serve his people, moms included. You know, we're doing a really lowly work that is often, you know, wrapped up in a lot of mundane tasks that requires a ton of sacrifice. And it's a very Christ-like work, but often I don't really feel like doing it. You know, it's just mm-hmm. um, my my heart and my hands feel so disconnected. And so honestly, Carmen, I wrote this book for myself because I need Jesus. Like I need a fresh g- glimpse of him every single day and how he has lived to serve his people and how he will strengthen me to serve my kids. There's no question that being a mom is um, is one of the hardest jobs in the world. It's also hugely rewarding, um, but it's also okay, I think, to acknowledge that, you know, that we're weary and that pouring ourselves out for children leads us sometimes to wonder, not only do I have the strength to get up and do this tomorrow, um, but, you know, is this, is, is this all there is? Is this the best use of my time and talent? Um, you know, what about those other women who are over there doing that and, and all of that, you know, horrible comparison stuff that goes on. When you talk about um, sort of resetting ourselves in the presence of Christ, um, understanding who he is, like invite us into this, um, this reality of humility, because what we do is humble and we are sometimes humbled by it, but we, we also have this Christ who has done it all for us. That's right. Yeah, I love I love the definition of humility that um, writer, old writer Andrew Murray gives. He says, humility is being clothed in the beauty and the blessedness of Jesus. So if the son of God was humble, is humble, because he presently serves us from his throne of grace in heaven, um, then man, and, and if he lives in us, then that will empower us to be humble on behalf of our kids, but it is super hard. You know, every single job on this earth in the midst of the fall into sin is laced with hardship and futility. You know, God said, cursed is the ground because of you. Um, so I think we all experience that, but mother, motherhood parenting is a very um, particularly lowly work, but Jesus loves little children and um, he came to serve not only them, but us. And I love, I love in Philippians two that Paul says, you know, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. He doesn't straight. He doesn't say, figure this out on your own. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself. So if we moms are united to Christ by faith, if, if his very spirit is living in us, then he's going to provide what we need to humble ourselves so that we can serve our kids. Mm. Christian Weatherall is the voice you're hearing, Humble Moms. How the Work of Christ Sustains the Work of Motherhood is the book. Um, Kristen, where's the best place online for people to find you before we go any further? Yeah, my website, kristenweatherall.com. Awesome.
Awesome. Um, when you um, think about uh, Joanna and John, right? When I just say yeah. their names, what happens in your heart? Mm, I just smiled hugely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Man, for a long time, Carmen, I it's making me choke up. I didn't, I didn't know that I could have kids. I went through a, a battle with some chronic Lyme disease years ago, and um, and so I look at them, and, and truly, their names actually mean God is gracious. And, um, he has been really gracious to us because I didn't even think that I would be a mom. So as hard as it is, I really count it my favorite job in the whole world. They are my joy. When do you have time to write? Um, I really don't, (laughs) I, you know, I, I stay home with them full time. And so I have a sitter come, you know, one morning a week, which is great while my daughter's in preschool and my son just hangs out with her. Um, but otherwise it's kind of in the cracks, you know, it's during nap time. And that too is very humbling because my time is not my own. None of our time is our own belongs to the Lord. And so it can, uh, it can change really, really quickly. Yep. It's sometimes it's hard to come by, but it's worth it. All right. We're going to dig in to, um, to humble moms. We're going to look at the life of Christ. The gospel of John is the text. Um, but the, uh, the book humble moms is a journey through the Gospel of John, looking at the person of Christ, humility in the flesh, Jesus as a humble servant, humble unto death, and then humble in heaven. We're talking with uh, with author Kristen Weatherell about the book. You can find her online at her website, kristenweatherell.com. Um, how the work of Christ sustains the work of motherhood. So if you're a mom listening right now and you feel disconnected, um, you're exhausted. Um, you're wondering whether or not you're really, you know, cut out for this. We want to affirm you. We want to pray for you. We want to invite you in with humility um, to to be a humble mom in the spirit of Christ, served by Him. This is for you. If you're a disheartened mom um, and you're hopeful for change. This is for you. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. She's your mother. You love her. There won't be another place like her again that you call home. Talking with Kristen Weatherell about her book, Humble Moms, How the Work of Christ Sustains the Work of Motherhood. Kristen, take us into the book. Is there um, is there something when you think about um an offering to moms today. Is there something that comes to mind that you'd like to highlight about the life of Christ? Yeah, that that's a great question. Um, I think that it, I think his present ministry in heaven mm. is something that we don't think about a lot. <laughs> I'll never forget when our senior pastor he was preaching a sermon on on, on something, and within the passage was um, a nod to the intercession of Christ, so this heavenly ministry of Jesus. And I remember sitting there thinking, I, I never think about that. You know, we think about what Jesus did for us, how, you know, he's our creator. He's the word at the beginning. Um, he came to earth. He had this, this earthly life and ministry, and then he died on the cross. And often that's kind of what we think of when we think of gospel. You know, he died on the cross and rose again to save me from sin. But then what? You know, what is he doing right now before he comes back? Um, and so I, I really enjoy diving into John's gospel because so much of um, Jesus's um, time spent with his disciples in chapters 14 through 17, before he goes to the cross, he talks about this. He talks about 
what's going to happen. He prays for them and gives us a model of how he might be praying for us right now in heaven. So I was just deeply encouraged and strengthened by that reality. I think we don't often think about that. I think that one of the things you're encouraging us to do is to think about what we're thinking about. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's important too. Like, how am I thinking about Christ? How am I thinking about myself? How am I thinking about um, this opportunity uh, to nurture the heart of this um, other person? How am I receiving this child? Um, Do I recognize the the image of God in this other person? Do I recognize the I, the fact that there's just not enough of me ever? There's never going to be enough of me. Um, mm-hmm. the, the 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 place arriving at the place where we recognize our need. Like there's a there's a um like a confessional humility to all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really the best place that we can be because it's the way that we were made to be. Um. And I think our human nature, you know, our, our fleshly impulse is to be autonomous. That was Adam and Eve's impulse in the very beginning. And that still dwells in us. Um, so to be aware of that and to say, uh, okay, so today my impulse, apart from God renewing me into his image more and more and more, will be to strive on my own strength and will be to hide from God when I feel shame of any kind or guilt of any kind and will be to um, distrust that he's actually going to provide something for me, distrust his word and not go to him. So how can we as moms actually believe that Jesus is a person, like he's alive in heaven right now and he actually wants us to come to him and he wants us to receive from him and he wants to pour out his life unto us. I just think it's really good news that we sometimes distrust. I'm wondering on on a very, very practical level, um, you know, when you're with your little people, do you, do you find yourself entering into Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, or entering into, you know, some playful enacted worship of Jesus with them. And, and then, like it's kind of liberating that moms get to do that. I'm not sure the rest of us are like invited into that as often. And I'm wondering if that's a, if that's a place where moms, you know, maybe could find a renewed joy in acknowledging Mm -hmm. the reality of Jesus and the joy of being in his presence. Mm, I just love that you brought that up. I think we don't, we don't appreciate that often as moms because everything that we're doing feels so routine. Um, But what an opportunity that we have to um, come freshly to the Lord with our kids. You know, I think a lot of moms lament the fact that we don't have, you know, glorious hours to spend pouring over our Bibles every single morning unless we wake up at the crack of dawn. But what a sweet privilege it it is to, you know, learn of Christ and draw near to him alongside of of our kids. Um, I just think that's that's a great opportunity. opportunity that, like you said, Carmen, a lot of people don't have, and to come with a childlike faith and to say, what are the very basic truths um, of who Christ is that I maybe forget in the hubbub of the day? Um, so I think it's a great opportunity, really, really sweet. I, I, It's one of the reasons that um, I think everybody listening right now should consider volunteering at Vacation Bible School. Like, right, Mm. like the, you get to wiggle, you get to sing, you get to raise your hands, you get to enter into absolutely um, joyful, 
child expressive worship. And we don't um, get to do that very often. And so if you would um, consider checking out local churches that are going to have Vacation Bible School and how you could volunteer to take part, um, I really encourage you, no matter where you are, um, consider doing that. Because like we are all children, and yet many of us do not enter into worship with the abandon um, of like VBS worship, right? With hands raised and wiggles and songs that are scriptural and j- just joy. So, you know, if the kingdom of God belongs to such as these little children, then maybe instead of making sure they always uh, sit orderly and sit still and and be quiet, maybe instead we should let them lead us into some exuberant worship. And with that, um, maybe we would be re-energized as well. There you go. That's my little my little church that brainstorm for this morning. Thought. I needed that today. I needed that. Thank you. <laughs> when you think about, I mean, the way your kids worship, right? It's 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 completely different than you know, sit still in your spot and uh, yeah, and read words on a page because they're little. That's not what they do. That's right. Yeah, and I think it's a great reminder too that we don't graduate from doctrine. You know, we don't graduate from mm-hmm. learning these things and then walking that out. Um, you know, salvation is not a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing. And so what does it actually look like to come to Jesus freshly and to say, I am a little child. <laughs> Teach me who you are every single day. I think that that's beautiful, beautiful vision. Well, um, Kristen, thank you for the reminders in Humble Moms of all the ways that Jesus serves us, like, right, that he serves us humbly. And, um, and we have the opportunity to, in moments of exhaustion, just recognize that we're being served by, by, by Christ, um, and that when we're exhausted, we need Him. Um, we need a Savior who never grows weary. Or when we're frustrated, we need, you know, that peace which passes all understanding. Or when we're empty, we need mm-hmm. Jesus to fill us anew. Um, on and on and on. It is humble to admit that we need help, um, but we need more than just help. We need Jesus. That's right. Yeah. And Jesus says in John 10, 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I, you know, confession, I don't know if you guys are like me, but sometimes I read that and I'm like, is that possible? Like, what is that? Mm. What does that really look like? Um, But my pastor said something so beautiful that I will never forget. He said, "Um, Jesus has more to give you than you have yet to receive from him. And I often wonder if we doubt that. And so we don't come to him like I mentioned earlier. And so that's kind of been, you know, my anthem as of late is just, Jesus, help me to believe that you are life and that you have it abundantly for me and help me to actually come to you every single day. Mm. Mm. Humble Moms, How the Work of Christ Sustains the Work of Motherhood. Kristen Weatherell, you can find her at kristenweatherell.com. In Weatherell, it's all ease in case you're wondering um, KristenWeatherell.com. Kristen, what a joy. Thank you so much. Have a very blessed, blessed day with your little people. Thank you, Carmen. Absolutely. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Hey, it's okay to admit it today. We need Jesus. He would love to hear us admit that right now. Jesus, I need you. Oh, I need you. 
every hour I need you, every minute I need you, every moment I need you. It's okay to admit that you need Jesus today. Matt Mayer's song, Lord, I come, I confess. Bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found is where you are. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. So teach my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way, and when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, every minute, every moment, I need you. My one defense, yes. My righteousness, amen. Oh, God, how I need you. I wonder if today we could turn in humility and gratitude, acknowledging the cross and the empty tomb, and begin to live as Easter people. That Easter could be our frame of reference and our worldview. That we could operate as if Jesus really rose from the dead. That he really is alive today. That he really is seated at the right hand of the Father. And that he really is available to meet our every need. Jesus, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. I confess that you are risen from the dead, that you are glorious, Lord, that you are all-sufficient, that you are good and gracious, that you are God. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Friends, go ahead and acknowledge it and live into the day because he lives. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at myfaithradio.com.